real know-it-all. Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? <laughs> well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. The show where we quiz the smartest people we know and find out why they love what they love. I'm Helen Hong, and now from the Carl Sagan and Andrian Theater at the Center for Inquiry West in Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. What a lovely crowd. Helen, nice to see you. How are you doing? Very nice to see you. I'm, uh, you know, constantly recovering from Monthood. Monthood. Tell Mont-hood. me about that. What? Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm co-raising my sister's baby, yes. and so I'm a mont. Ah, that would be a portmanteau I'm, of mom and cor- aunt. Correct. Yes. Correct. The fun thing that's happening now is he has diaper rash on his testicles. Oh. And from us reacting to it, he's learned the phrase itchy balls. <laughs> itchy balls is now a thing that he runs around and says. Wow. And he go- goes to school and goes, itchy balls, itchy balls. And in public, he'll say, itchy balls, itchy balls. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're just waiting for Child Protective Services to come. <laughs> any moment, any moment. No, no, is he, is he doing this to notify you that he has... Uh, uh, said itchy balls, yes. or is it just he enjoys the the phrase? I think I think both because the first time he said it, we cracked up, and yeah. so now because he knows it gets a reaction, you got know, it. So now so now it's confusing because he's like, "Are you having itchy balls right yeah. now, or are you just wanting us to laugh at yeah. you saying?" Is itchy this balls? your catchphrase as an up and coming stand up comedian? Correct. Yes. Correct. Yeah. And the way he said itchy ball, mm-hmm. itchy ball, it's uh, so adorable and so disturbing. Yeah. So now is your strategy to try to to replace it with something else, or? Well, I'm just thinking. Thankful that he didn't start by saying, oh, for fuck's sake, which is yeah. my favorite phrase, yeah. which will get edited and, and out. to be fair, program. it is much cuter than diaper rash on my testicles, diaper yeah. rash on my testicles over yeah. and over. So it's yeah. all it's all relative, isn't it, Helen? Yeah, sure is. Well, today, go fact yourself. Two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they may not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest, Helen, who is up first. She is a comedy writer, actor, and voice actor who can currently be heard as several roles on the HBO Max series Jellystone. It's Nicole Thurman. Hello. Hello, Nicole Thurman. Hello, hello. Now, Nicole, our listeners don't know this, but uh, you brought a little friend with you today. I did bring a little friend. On my lap is my dog, Izzy. She's a little sick today, and we just came from the vet. So yes. we're here. Well, I'm so glad out. that you made it, and she, she is recovering. She's recovering, yes. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she got into some things she should not have gotten into, and now she's feeling really good. Would you like to disclose what she may have gotten herself into? She, she, I think she ate an edible. <laughs> okay. Uh, she's my kind so, of dog. She's, yeah. yeah, she's a party girl. She yeah. had a good Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> Izzy, you got to start just with a small piece. You got to yeah. see, how it, make, yeah, see yeah. how it affects you and then take more, you idiot. I don't know. I thought she was sick last night and she was like having, like she was like being so weird and like kind of twitchy and I was like, what's happening? I got scared. And then I took her to the ER and they told me, your dog is high. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, and then today she was still a little bit messed up, so we took her again. To the she ER. does so far seem like the chillest dog yeah. on earth. Yeah, she's on the low part. I mean, she she loves to cuddle, so she's already a cuddle bug. But yeah, she's definitely like her eyes are a little like I'm still I still I'm still feeling it. 
<laughs> yeah, she's she is very adorable though. Who's Whatever your dealer? State. She's a Who's little your dealer. I know. I, we went to this. We went to a dispensary yesterday, and the, the one guy was handing her stuff, and it was treats, but like what kind of treats? Right. Like, that's oh. what I want to know. Okay, good to know. know. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad she's on the mend. People will recognize you from shows like The Opposition with Jordan Klepper, Shrill Keenan, and a Black Lady Sketch Show. Uh, those, of course, are all notable comedies. But you did not go into performing to get into comedy originally. No, I did not. You've done your research. I'm, I'm like, whoa, yeah. I know uh, how to Google. No, it's really interesting because I started as just like a straight theater actor. I just wanted to do theater. And then I moved to Chicago after interning there because I just thought it was a great city, great theater city. And um, I ended up getting an internship at Steppenwolf Theater. But I had also talked to people at Second City. They ended up being like, if you ever want to just like, you know, work for a few hours and then take a free class, you can. I was like, yeah, sure. And then they were like, after the class, they were like, if you ever maybe want to audition for us, like, we'll take your headshot and call you in. And I did. And it fit perfectly. And it was like, it's just crazy because all I do is comedy now. And it feels like that was always what I should have been doing. But it just kind of, I kind of fell into it. Uh, well, you've expanded your comedy performing to include voice work. Uh, yeah. You're on the show Jellystone, which for those who haven't seen it, it's sort of a new take on the iconic Hanna-Barbera characters, uh, especially. You do Jabberjaw and Squidly Diddly, among others. And I was surprised to learn that you actually didn't know what they had sounded like originally before you auditioned. I'm glad I didn't know because, yeah, I just did like a goofy, weird voice of what I thought it would sound like. And I even called like Magilla Gorilla. I called him Magilla. And now that's like part of the character. Oh, wow. <laughs> because I didn't know. I didn't know these things. And I, you know, I just saw it. I guess I could, you know, it, they, they, play, they thought I was like doing something. I'm just like, no, I was just like doing me and like showing up for an audition. I don't know. The show is so, so fun to do. And as we've gone on with it, made her similar to me. And so it's just like really fun to be able to play this character. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you get to do scenes with yourself when you're playing multiple characters? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because we just recorded uh, three episodes the other day, but one of them had Jabberjaw, Squidly, Diddly. And then I'll sometimes play like a random, you know, witch or mm-hmm. like, uh, what did I play? Oh, there's like a news reporter. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's, I'll watch an episode and I'm like, ah, ah, you know, <laughs> that's me, that's me. That's also me. You're like, I'm everybody uh, in this I'm scene. Everybody. Like, this is all me. Um, but no, it's really fun because Jabberjaw's so crazy and loud. And then the other character, Squidly Diddly, is like very like Britney Spears ish. So, like, it's just like a fun, you know, it's fun to just be able to see all of it put together. Yeah. The last one I ask you about uh, you did many episodes of The Opposition with Jordan Klepper, uh, and you were playing someone whose beliefs are very different than your own actual beliefs. Uh, I'm curious, did that help you understand maybe more what the other side was feeling, or did it maybe more calcify what you already believed? I calcified. It was a calcified. I calcify yeah. hardcore. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. It was watching all the news and digesting all of those, you know, horrible, like Alex Jones videos and his kid is awful and, just, you know, they're afraid of drag queens and it's like, what are you talking about? Um, and they, you know, this was 2017. So the drag queen thing has been going on forever. And so, um, no, it just made it, it was hard. It was a challenge. Like yeah. we would do field pieces and I was like, oh, I didn't know we were going to do field pieces because then we have to talk to people yeah. Yeah. doing incredible things and pretend like we don't think it's incredible. Yeah. And they knew that like we're playing characters, but they still were like, I still don't like you kind of, you know, because yeah. it's like, it's hard. You develop a character because we didn't know what the correspondence were going to be. So you're uh, saying that the character of Jabberjaw that you play is also racist. Very racist. Interesting. <laughs> Does not like drag queens yeah, at okay. all. No, 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 no. Jabberjaw is, loves everyone and uh, too much sometimes. She's very horny. Um, but yeah, no, it was We prefer the term thirsty. Yeah, yes, we love a yes. thirsty shark. We love a thirsty shark. Excellent. Well, on, yeah. on that note, uh, remember, it's a kid show and we hope you enjoy it with your children. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. It's wonderful to have Nicole Thurman. Thank you. 
Helen, against whom will Nicole be competing? He is the founder, CEO, and host of The Young Turks, the longest-running online news show in the world. It's Jenk Uger. Jenk Uger, everybody. <laughs> Hello, Jenk. Hey, guys. Now, you and Helen are familiar with each other from being on your show. Yes. I've been very honored to be on The Young Turks frequently, and I always enjoy it. And I do find it kind of amazing that you are such a kind and grounded and seemingly happy person because of what you do all day. It's like you watch these horrible videos of horrible people just spouting off the worst things. And I just want to like, my head wants to burst sometimes. And you're just like, hey, how you doing? (laughs) Yeah. No, I love having Helen on. Uh, she's fantastic on TYT. Uh, Jordan Klepper was on recently, so it's one big happy family. We fight for our side, and at the same time, we have to reach out a little bit to the other side in case there's good guys there, which there are, and they've just got brainwashed by Fox News and all that stuff. But you shouldn't take it home with you. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you gotta, and especially in our profession, because it's just nonstop bad guys, bad news, etc. I'm lucky. I'm a super optimist, and I'm generally happy to begin with. Uh, so, and I like fighting. Yeah, I like fighting, <laughs> and so that's why I get in there. I fight, and I, I, I leave happy, a joyful yeah. warrior. And you fight the good fight. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, well, TYT's 24/7 programming is available on outlets like YouTube TV, the Roku channel, Pluto TV, Twitch, Comcast, Infinity X1, and Infinity Flex, Samsung TV Plus, and more. You've got over five million subscribers on YouTube. You get over 200 million views a month, and you recently celebrated your 21st anniversary. Congratulations on all of that. Thank you. What's been the biggest difference uh, in year 21 versus year one? There's a bunch of differences. Year one, we were just radio, and we've developed uh, for a long time. And then in year five, we became the first partner for YouTube ever. So we're the original YouTubers. Mm -hmm. And then when we started uh, online, the online was pleasant. uh, Everybody was helpful. (laughs) I'll tell you a quick story. People are always constantly telling us how to make the show better. We have big mics even bigger than these in front of our faces. First comment we got was, move the mic from in front of Jill's face. (laughs) Ben and Jenk, keep the mic there. (laughs) No problem, but move it from Jill's face. And then a guy came in. He's like, your quality sucks, the production quality. Content's great. But here's a thing called... A switcher. It's and you could switch cameras with it, and it costs a lot of money. You don't know me. I'll see you later. Wow. wow. And he just gave us like a minimum five thousand dollars switcher for free. What? The wow. internet used to be a magical place. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a fairy tale to me. I'm like, what? Yeah. Wow. It's like that meme, like, sure, Grandma, let's get you to bed. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kindness, yeah, whatever. I think you have a really interesting background because you came from traditional broadcast news. I know you were um, an anchor on MSNBC ages and ages ago, and then you kind of got jaded a little bit. Yeah, establishment media is wrong uh it's uh it's not really and i hate to say it but it's not really news Mm. it's just really marketing for corporate rule Mm. when i was on msnbc i pushed president obama from the left and uh, the overwhelming message i got back from executives was don't Mm. don't and so whenever you took on corporate democrats or even sometimes republicans who want to cut social security you get notes from management saying don't interesting and then msnbc offered me a really lucrative contract but it came with these caveats of you are not to actually give you a real opinion Mm. you're supposed to basically 
It, and, and they didn't really hide it much. They said, we are the establishment. They literally said that. It's amazing, wow. right? It was out of a movie, but like a B-rate movie. I was like, <laughs> no, I didn't get into news to not do news. Mm -hmm. So that's why I went back to TYT. And, and then we got even larger. We built a network. So like the Young Turks has 5 million subscribers. The network has 22 million subscribers. Oh, excuse me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But look, I got lucky because we had this great fan base and those viewers carried us. I, and I had the option to go back and do real authentic news. So whatever you see on Young Turks or TYT, that's because of the audience. That's a very nice message. Great. Uh, you have an upcoming book. It's actually been upcoming for a while, but I understand it's actually happening <laughs> yeah. uh, this year. It's called Justice is Coming. You identify as a progressive. You say that uh, TYT is a progressive network. And you also say in the book that uh, you think America is already a progressive country. What did you mean by that? So, yeah, no, the country is definitely progressive. And the only reason you don't know that if you don't know it is because of mainstream media. But if you look at the polling, mm -hmm. the polling shows two thirds of the country agree with us on almost every issue. Mm. It's actually stunning. That's chapter one of my book. Yeah. You read it at the end, you're like, that can't be right. I can't believe they lied to me my whole life. Yeah. A lot of it is so like, like common sense stuff. Like if you ask the average American, do you think we should all have health care? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that doesn't yeah. sound bad. Yeah. That sounds pretty good to me. Especially yeah. for itchy balls. Yeah. Do a yeah. callback. Yeah. <laughs> Medicare for all. Medicare for all, especially for baby Hong. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your views and for joining us today. Jenk Uger, everybody. All right, Nicole and Jenk, we ask each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. Nicole, you said you know a lot about the musician Hozier, facts about the Kansas City metro area, and predicting the outcome of true crime segments on Dateline. Whereas, Jenk, you said you know a lot about 1980s WWF, fantasy football, and happiness. Later on, we're going to ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you is an incorrect or incomplete answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today, electric toothbrush. First up in electric toothbrush is Nicole. Nicole, your question comes from a listener. It's actually from two listeners. Who are they, Helen? I will let them tell you themselves because we have a listener recording. Ooh. Listeners, if you'd like to submit a suggestion for our What's the Difference round, go to gofactyourpod.com and click on Get Involved. Okay, play it. Hi, this is Jack Romaine from Somerville, Massachusetts. And my question for What's the Difference is... While both might be helpful to a certain kind of toothbrush, what's the difference between something that is electric and something that is electrical? Thanks. Have a good show. All right. Thank you, Jack. Uh, that suggestion was also submitted by Victoria Pullen. Uh, so thank you both. All right, Nicole, you heard him. What is the difference between something being electric and electrical? My first thought, which could, I mean, be wrong, and I'll be okay with it, um, is uh, where you're from. Like, oh. yeah, honestly, this might be a weird answer, but like how you say something. It's okay. like soda and pop, electric and electrical toothbrush. Okay. That's what I'm going to, that's my final answer. So you answer. think it's like, a, a regional difference? Regional difference. Okay. Thank you. Yes. All right. We've got Nicole's answer. We don't know yet if she's entirely correct. Jenk, if you don't think she's got it just right, you can steal anything you want to change or add. One of them can slide. One of them, oh, like an electric, <laughs> the electric slide. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Anything real else? answer. Okay, yeah. One of them plugs, electrical plugs in. Electrical, something that's electrical plugs in. Plugs in. All right. Well, this segment is losing its spark. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges table <laughs> for the facts. Here are the facts. 
While they're sometimes used interchangeably, the difference is something that is electric runs on electricity, like an electric fan or the aforementioned electric toothbrush. Something that is electrical produces or supplies electricity, like an electrical generator or an electrical outlet. Uh, That's right. Now, electrical can also refer to things that are related to electricity, like an electrical engineer, whereas electric often refers to music, like Jimmy Hendrix and Electric Ladyland, Jeff Lynne and Electric Light Orchestra, The Electric Slide, or Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. (laughs) Helen, how did our guest do? I don't think either one of you. No, I don't think so as well. Yeah. I feel like the toothbrush was like a, what do they call it? The red herring or whatever, the thing that distracts you from the actual question. Uh Because I was sitting here thinking about toothbrushes, and I'm like, wait, the question was actually about electric versus electrical. Yeah, I actually agree with her, and then we decided you guys are wrong. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Negative two points for us. Negative two points for us. Wow. A little surprised of the applause in the audience for that. But seeming a little too happy. Happy about that. Well, well, up next in electric toothbrush is Jenk with toothbrush. (laughs) Jenk, while both might be the enemies of your electric toothbrush, on your teeth, what's the difference between plaque and tartar? Plaque and tartar. Of course, I have no idea. I will. Uh, plaque is a thing that builds up for okay. sure. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, and and tartar is also, I think, a Central Asian Republic mm-hmm. or peoples. We are specifically uh, asking about on the teeth. Okay, That's uh, yes. okay the teeth. Uh, so we will go with since it doesn't build up. It, it's a film. A, it's film. a film of some sort on your tooth. The tartar is. The tartar is. All right, we've got Jenks answer. Don't know yet if he's uh, entirely correct. Anything you want to add or change, Nicole? Okay. Plaque. Builds up naturally, yeah. and then tartar is when it's, like, hardened. All right. Well, this segment is falling into a cavity. Let's go to Helen Hong <laughs> at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. Plaque is a film of bacteria that can give your teeth that fuzzy feeling before you brush. You may not be able to see plaque, but you can definitely feel it. You can remove plaque yourself with proper dental care at home. Plaque that is not removed by proper home dental care can harden to become Tartar. Tartar you can usually see because it has a darker color and can stain your teeth. Tartar requires a dentist or hygienist to get in there with a scraper or sometimes a laser. A laser. A laser. Now, that's right. Dental tartar is not to be confused with tartar sauce, which is made mostly with mayonnaise and pickles. But if you consume enough tartar in an eating contest, you could be honored with a plaque. Helen, how did our guest do? I think I'm going to give you one point each. Yeah, yeah fair. Yeah, one point too. each. Because, uh, because Jenk, you did say plaque builds up, yeah. which is accurate. And Nicole, you did say it gets all crusted and hardened. Yes. One point each. Very good. Yeah. Helen, what is our score at the end of that round? Okay. At yeah. the end of that round, Nicole Thurman has one point and Jenk Uger has one point. And those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. It's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Helen, it's time to talk about ButcherBox. ButcherBox. Helen, tell them about premium meals and premium prices. They're the same thing, aren't they? No, they're not. Premium meals do not have to come at a premium price. ButcherBox provides you with the best meat and seafood on the planet so you can whip up quality meals on your budget. Oh, yeah. ButcherBox offers a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing value, including 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. It's delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping always. 
giveaways. Plus, you get exclusive member deals, recipe inspiration, and more. Helen, I was so looking forward to this particular ButcherBox ad because I actually used a ButcherBox item just a week ago. I've had this in my freezer since they sent me this large amount of meat, and I thought, when am I ever going to use this ribeye roast? So I kept it at the back of my freezer, and then finally I had some people over for dinner, and I thought, oh, let me try this. It's probably not going to be that good. It's been in the freezer for a while. I'd have never made a ribeye roast. I don't know what to do, but I took it out. I followed the instructions on the ButcherBox site for how to thaw it and how to prepare this coating for it and how to cook it. Helen, it is possibly not only the best thing I've ever made, maybe one of the best things I've ever eaten as well. You know, I also have a recent great experience with ButcherBox, J. Keith, because me and my entire family is a little bit under the weather right now, and I used the chicken thighs in the ButcherBox to make a really wholesome, nice chicken soup which was really ah. soothing and just comforting and wonderful for the family, and everybody loved it, even the baby. Even the baby. Well, speaking <laughs> of chicken thighs, good news for you listeners, because you can get free chicken thighs for a year and $20 off your first box when you sign up today. How much chicken thighs is that, Helen? Three pounds of bone-in chicken thighs, free in every box for a year, plus $20 off your first order when you sign up at butcherbox.com gofact and use code GOFACT. That's butcherbox.com slash GOFACT and use code GOFACT. And that's why we say thank you, ButcherBox. Get well, Hong family. Hey, when you listen to podcasts, it really just comes down to whether or not you like the sound of everyone's voices. My voice is one of the sounds you'll hear on the podcast Dr. Game Show. And this is the voice of co-host and fearless leader Joe Firestone. This is a podcast where we play games submitted by listeners and we play them with callers over Zoom we've never spoken to in our lives. So that is basically the concept of the show. Pretty chill. So take it or leave it, bucko. And here's what some of the listeners have to say. It's funny, wholesome, and it never fails to make me smile. I just started listening and I'm already binging it. I haven't laughed this hard in ages. I wish I'd discovered it sooner. You can find Dr. Game Show on MaximumFun.org. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests, Nicole Thurman and Jenk Uger. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. All right, Nicole, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about the musician Hosier. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, facts about the Kansas City metro area. Yes. And predicting the outcome of true crime segments on Dateline. Yes. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, tell okay. us what the musician Hosier means to you. Uh, he means a lot to me. So I, everybody knows the Take Me to Church song, obviously. And every time I say I love Hosier, they're like, oh, the Take Me to Church guy. And I'm like, yeah, but he's so much more. Mm-hmm. I went to his concert by myself on my birthday. It was like, it was like five days before my birthday because I wanted to go by myself so that I could fully take it all in. Like, I, I really You didn't want to be him. distracted by a date or a friend or anything yeah, like no, that. Yeah, no, I didn't yeah. want somebody next to me being like, hey, and this guy was like trying to hit on me at the concert and I was like sir I'm here for Hosier and the music only like <laughs> I'm a very serious fan I just love him so yeah that's why alright next you said you know a lot about facts about the Kansas City metro area yes I do I grew up in Kansas City and my mom still lives there my sister still lives there so yeah I, I just grew up there my whole life so I know a lot about it I mean you know it's hometown 
All right. Yeah. <laughs> Lastly, tell us what predicting the outcome of true crime segments on Dateline oh. means to you. Oh my God, you guys. I So first of all, I watch way too much true crime and I think it actually might be rotting my brain in a weird way. Like hmm. I, my ex watched it with me and was like, well, this is why you always think I'm cheating on you because they're all cheating on each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. we're, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, just from watching so much true crime, I've gotten very good at predicting the outcome. Like uh-huh. I have to be honest, like normally I need a cold open or something dateline especially if you give me a dateline cold open i'll be like oh he's cheating on her and he had her killed or like he you know there's like all these like chemicals there's all these different little procedures I am never getting on your bad side <laughs> i know the chemicals they'll never find it unless they do a mitochondrial yeah, examination oh, I, don't even, I didn't even i would never even pass science but i can do true crime i, I can relate in two ways yeah. I, when i watch anything with my wife like it'll be bridgerton she, she'll turn to me and go do you do that yeah. I'm like, <laughs> no, it's from like the 1800s. It's made up. I don't but do men, that. Why? I'm not wearing a top yeah. hat. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and my co founder is Ben Manquitz, brother of Josh yeah. Manquitz oh, from right. Dateline. Dateline correspondent. He has a great voice. He's like, and then what did you do and why did you do? He always looks like he's about to fall asleep. I love him. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> no, but his brother isn't. He's, he has, he has that famous line where he's like, oh, most people, when they find their wife dead on the floor. <laughs> oh, wow. Looks like Dick's got a really little knowledge good. on they this. They call line one but you didn't do that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Nicole, to summarize, you said you know a lot about the musician Hosier, facts about the Kansas City metro area, and predicting the outcome of true crime segments on Dateline. Today we're going to quiz you about facts about the Kansas City metro area. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Now, for our listeners who aren't as familiar, uh, there, of course, is Kansas City, Kansas. There's Kansas City, Missouri. And then there's this third thing called the Kansas City metro area. How do you define the metro area? I've never really thought about that, actually. Mm -hmm. But I think the Kansas City metro area counts mostly as Kansas City, Missouri. That's like Mm -hmm. when you think of Kansas City, that's what you're thinking of. Mm -hmm. Kansas City, Kansas is just like right outside of Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. And I'm from like Kansas, like the suburbs of Kansas City, Missouri, but mm-hmm. it's like right, right next to Missouri. It's, it's that's not it's confusing at all. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's like really poor city planning. Well, we're gonna do yeah. Kansas yeah. City in Missouri, right? And, yeah. like, and as if you did not have enough bona fides about being uh, an expert on this, may I ask you what is your middle name? Dorothy. <laughs> no. Get yes. out! Get out! Isn't that how did you know? Isn't that funny though? That's my grandma's name, but I'm from Kansas. I'm a Dorothy from Kansas, but no. I'm, I ain't no Dorothy. I'm not that Dorothy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's really funny. Well, we'll we'll see if you can crush the witch that is our quiz today. Oh my goodness! Uh, I well, love Nicole, this. just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in your topic with a question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about your topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions. Now, Jenk, listen closely because if Nicole answers incorrectly, you can steal. By the way, Jenk, how much do you know about facts about the Kansas City metro area? <laughs> I do know that most people put Kansas City in Kansas. Yeah. You didn't do that, did you? No, we didn't. (laughs) All right. We'll see if that question comes up. Uh, Here's question number one. Uh, I have a feeling you might know this one, Nicole. Nicole, you are not the only winner from the Kansas City metro area. A certain KC sports franchise just won a major championship on February 12th of this year, the same championship they won in 2020 and 1970. What team who plays their home games at one Arrowhead Drive is it? That would be the Kansas City Chiefs, Jake Keith. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Hey. And a woo-woo from the audience as well. We got some fans 
here. Man, I wanted to steal that one. <laughs> Fun fact, Fred Williamson, who played for the Chiefs in Super Bowl One, appeared as our expert on blaxploitation films on episode 59 of Go Fact Yourself. Bonus fun fact, I currently live with and am engaged to be married to a Chiefs fan, but not as big of a Chiefs fan as her mom. All right. <laughs> Here is question number two. Okay. Kansas City Magazine argues that the most famous food to ever come from KC is something called burnt ends. What type of food is burnt ends? Barbecue. Helen? That is correct. That is correct, okay. yes. You had an option to get a little more specific. I think if you had asked for the hint, yeah. it might have helped you get more specific. Helen, what would that hint have been? <clears throat> Moo. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Helen Hong, everybody. That was an excellent cow. Yes, it is uh, specifically brisket beef. Fun fact, according to Kansas City Magazine, at Arthur Bryant's Barbecue in the Jazz District, the trimmings of brisket were traditionally offered for free to diners waiting in line. They came to fame in 1972 when KC Bread writer Calvin Trillin described them in an essay for Playboy. And that's why I read the articles. Ooh, you got- <laughs> I'm not sure I would... I'm not sure if someone offered me burnt ends that I'd be like, ooh, yes, yummy. Yeah. Think about it, if it's in Playboy, it's like on fire and it's the ants. So like, that just sounds sexy. I'm thinking like a hot booty. See what I mean? Yeah, good yeah. connection. That's it a took good a minute, but we, yeah, you got yeah. connected. Yeah, much better yeah. than split ends. All right, here's question number three. Okay. Some may not think of Kansas City as a capital of the business world, but several notable companies have headquarters in the metro area. Uh-huh. But which one of the following companies currently does not? Is it Hallmark Cards, AMC Theaters, H&R Block Tax Preparers, Applebee's Restaurants, or Russell Stover Chocolates? Oh my goodness. I think I'm going to say Applebee's. Helen? Final answer. That is correct. That is yeah. correct. Wow. Very nice. Wow. How did you know that? I didn't even need a How did you know? Did you know that? Or you? Well, I feel like it's one of those things where you've like hurt. Like I hallmark always Kansas City. Mm. I was also <coughs> in a hallmark Valentine's Day card. Thank you. Oh, okay. They actually said I was too. I was a little kid, and they said I was too stringy, and I was eight years old. And they're like, she's too. Stringy. She's a string bean. We don't want her in it. Wow. But my sister was in it, so I got in with her. Well, fortunately, Nepotism. commenting on young girls' bodies never affects them later in right? life. So I'm I sure. Know. Fun fact: the first Applebee's franchise opened in Kansas City. Applebee's used to have its headquarters in the KC area, but moved to nearby Glendale, California. Oh, wow. I didn't know that because, yeah, all the other ones I've heard about growing up and I knew they were there. Yeah. All right. You're three for three, Nicole. Here's question number four. You do still have your two hints available. According to Statistical Atlas, the Kansas City metro area encompasses 14 counties, but only one of them seems to be on a mission, with cities in this county named Mission, Mission Hills, and Mission Woods. What county is it? Wait. Um, I think I know, but I am going to take a hint because I've got one, and I want to hear if you have a cow sound or something. <laughs> I mean, I could do a cow It's not related, but I could do another yeah. cow I'd sound. like to hear that. Helen, how about that first hint? <laughs> It was probably not named for Magic, mm. Lyndon B., okay. or Dwayne the Rock. Okay, I just wanted to double check. It's Johnson County. Helen? Move. <laughs> that, that is the sound of a correct answer now. <laughs> that's where I'm from. I should have known Oh, that. are you really? Oh, yeah. that's great. Fun fact, the biggest city in Johnson County is Overland Park, which used to be the headquarters for Applebee's before they moved to nearby Glendale, California. It all connects. Time is a flat circle. It all connects. <laughs> you are four for four. You have a chance to go five. Five for five, you can get this question correct. Speaking of cities, along the Ward Parkway over Brush Creek, you'll find the Kansas City Sister Cities International Bridge, built in 2000. That's Sister Cities plural, because Kansas City has 12 Sister Cities. (laughs) Name them. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, 
It has 12 sister cities, three of which are in Mexico, by the way. Name any two of the 12 sister cities. Oh, my goodness. I'm, for some reason, thinking one is in Germany, but um, I'm going to go with hints, please. All right, Helen, how about that second hint? One of them is in Spain and is known for being the birthplace of flamenco dancing and an operatic barber. Another is in Mexico and rhymes with Guadalajara. Oh, my God. (laughs) Bless you for that hint. Okay. So the first one, I don't know if I'm saying it in Spanish Mm -hmm. or uh, English, uh, but um, Sevilla, Seville, Spain. And then the second one, oh gosh, wait, what did you just say? I just, my brain, my brain went to <laughs> the dog. The hint was so subtle, I, I know, don't right? know if you've been able to oh, pick up on it. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> Nicole Thurman is five for five. Wow. Very nicely done. Fun fact, that some of the others include Hanover, Germany. That's one of the German ones. The others in Mexico are Morelia. I hope I'm saying that correct. And uh, San Nicolas de los Garza, as well, of course, Guadalajara, which we now know rhymes with. Guadalajara. Yes. If you take nothing away from this episode of Go Fact Yourself, please take that nugget of knowledge with you. And the cow sound. <laughs> Fun fact, according to the Kansas City Parks and Recreation Department, locks placed on the sister city bridge will be removed please place locks on the old red bridge in minor park (laughs) a public service message from go fact yourself all right you obviously did very well in that nicole but now here is your expert level question that requires multiple answers it is time for your cluster facts (laughs) wow y'all are good yeah we'll be bringing on an expert to discuss your response nicole one of the most iconic sites in the kansas city metro area is country club plaza Mm -hmm. which boasts one of the nation's most extravagant christmas light displays for nearly 100 years with only one exception a notable person would flip a switch to light those lights kicking off the holiday season three of those people in recent years had deep connections to the kc metro area one born and raised in kansas city missouri is a current cast member of saturday night live and a guest on episode 78 of go fact yourself and called her flipping of the switch in 2019 a dream come true another born in kansas city kansas twice won election as kansas city mayor once with 87 percent of the vote he flipped the switch in his final holiday season as mayor in 2018 and finally the third raised in blue springs missouri flipped the switch in 2008 just six months after winning season seven of american idol for up to three points who are these three kansas city metro area switch flippers the first one is Heidi Gardner. All right. The second one, I don't know the mayors of Kansas City. Okay. Uh, oh, dang. I feel like it's got a B in the name. The mayor mm-hmm. uh, could be uh, Eric Cleaver. Okay. <laughs> Weaver Cleaver. Uh, or um, uh, Marianne Mer- Mayerson. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, gubina- George Gubernatorial. Uh, if only we, we only can accept one answer. Oh, okay, I'm yeah. going to go with the uh, Cleaver. Myth Mayor Cleaver. Okay. Cleaver. And the uh, American Idol one? American Idol. You can only accept one answer. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, uh, there, I feel like I could guess this, but you know I can't. <laughs> Fantasia. Fantasia. All right. Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. In fact, we have two. Helen, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight via Zoom are two Kansas City area icons who flipped that switch at Country <gasps> Club Plaza. It's Mayor Sly James and musician David Cook. Woo! Hello, Sly Whoa! James and David Cook. Woo-hoo-hoo! 
Hey. Hello, David. How are you? I'm not mad. I'm, I'm just disappointed. Okay. <laughs> uh, wonderful to have you here. I want to talk a lot about all these wonderful Kansas City things and, and uh, your different careers and all that. But um, first of all, can you help explain more to our listening audience what just what a big deal these holiday lights are? Uh, I'll, I'll start with you, Mayor. Uh, what's that experience like and, and why is it so uh, beloved in the Kansas City area? Well, the plaza is the crown jewel of Kansas City. It sits right in the heart of the city. It is modeled after Sevilla, Spain, all the architecture. Uh, it is crowded every holiday season, every Thanksgiving season, by hundreds of thousands of people who come from all around the country to see the lights turn on. The lights cover the entire plaza. It's really a glorious sight. It's been written up in National Geographic and other places like that. So it's one of those things that we come to expect every Thanksgiving in Kansas City. And uh, David, uh, having lived in Kansas City, grown up there, I imagine you've attended as an audience member. What was it like then to uh, flip that switch for you? You know, it was more nerve wracking than I expected it to be. And I mean, really, all you're up there doing is smiling and waving and then you flip a switch. And I couldn't even like get my nerves around that. So I think I brought my niece up to do it instead. (laughs) (laughs) But it's uh, I mean, yeah, uh, for growing up in Kansas City, it is uh, an extremely big deal. So almost as big as, you know, like winning a TV show singing competition. (laughs) (laughs) Mayor first, that was amazing for me to to realize that you won your second campaign with 87% of the vote. When you start realizing that things are going your way to such a degree, is is it hard to continue to campaign? Uh, It was in that instance because I was running against a guy that didn't live here and another guy that thought that the another guy that thought that the airport was in a different state. Uh, But I will say it's nice to be mistaken for Mayor Cleaver. However, uh, I'm younger and better looking. Yeah. Sly, sly as fly as hell. Come on now. You look good, baby. I know you do. Speaking of the airport, you actually helped break ground for a new airport terminal that just opened uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, how is it? Have you been to the terminal since it's opened? I took the first flight out of the airport, which they scheduled for the ungodly hour at 5 a.m. Chicago, uh, turned around and came back. It's gorgeous. It's great. I'm sure that when David flies in and out, he won't. uh, And if he's with friends from other places, he won't be embarrassed. (laughs) Well, David, I know you've long uh, been waving the banner of the embarrassment that you feel about Kansas City's airport. Would you like to comment on that now? It's the top of my Twitter bio. Let's be honest. Uh, I I will. I will miss the uh, the Wolfgang pucks. I will miss that. Well, David, what did you like about growing up in KC? Because you're not from there originally. I'll be the first to admit I spent most of my childhood figuring out how can I get out of Kansas City uh, and expand my worldview. I remember like the first time like going to play a show in St. Louis, like it might as well have been the moon. Mm. You know, ever since I, I left Kansas City, I've been really chasing that idea ever since. Mm. I, I, Kansas City is just a, a fantastic place to grow up. We have to be loyal to Kansas City. People on the coast generally don't know where the heart of this country is. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, Mayor, you also like to sing. Uh, when I was looking up on YouTube, uh, there were times where, you know, of course, the first the first videos that would come up would be speeches and debates. But uh, there were some times when you were doing some uh, some slow jams for the people. I like to get out and croon. As a matter of fact, in my early years in high school, long, long time ago, before David was 
in Kansas City, or maybe even before he was born. I was with a band uh, called the Amelia Earhart Memorial Flying Band, um, and we opened for Jefferson Airplane in Kansas City. Oh, no City. kidding! We had a blast. I, had, I didn't even know that. What a, what a the, great nugget. Were you the front man? I was. Of course was. you were. Of course. I, had to, yeah. I had no other talent. Is that how you got the name Sly? No, my name is Sylvester. Sly is a natural derivative, sure. and it beat, my father was always named Syl. And so I needed to discourage people from calling me silly or silly vester. So I, I adopted Sly instead. <laughs> uh, David and Mayor James, you both have been involved in a great charity event called The Big Slick, which uh, I know is going to be coming back again this year. And David, you're going to be there. Can you tell us about The Big Slick and uh, what it means for you to participate in it? It's a big Kansas City iconic event. Yeah, so uh, Big Slick is uh, the brainchild of, uh, of of a few other uh, Kansas City natives, Paul Rudd, Jason Sudeikis, Eric Stone Street, raises money and awareness for Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City. The event itself is a blast. It's like a whole weekend thing. They do Friday. They bring a bunch of the celebrities together and we play. Uh, a softball game before a Royals game on Kauffman Stadium's field, mm. uh, which for a baseball fan, that is like the tops for me. Sure. And uh, yeah, I've been a part of that now for five or six years. I think this is my seventh. Man, it's such a blast. You know, it's an easy excuse to get to come home anyway. David, I know you're in Nashville now writing and producing and uh, making new music. Uh, Sly James, can you tell us what you're up to since uh, you left the mayor's office? My chief of staff and I started a consulting business. We uh, do public policy consulting with Harvard, Kaufman Foundation, the Bruce Foundation, and communications for some corporations and things of that nature. We spend a lot of time working with cities about issues that relate to municipal government and trying to be innovative about how we attack problems and try to deal with some of the chronic issues of the country. Awesome. Well, I can see David was applauding. He supports that effort, as do we. All right, well, let's get to the reason that we brought you both here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Nicole. First, we wanted to know about three of the people who had recently flipped that switch at the Country Club Plaza for the Christmas lights. The first one we asked was a current cast member of Saturday Night Live who had been a guest on our show in episode 78. Helen, what did Nicole say? Nicole said, Heidi Gardner. Gentlemen? That's correct. That's correct for both of them, yes. And she'll be back at the Big Slick this year. That's a point for Nicole. Next, we wanted to know who was that popular mayor who won 87% of the vote and flipped that switch in 2018. Helen, what did Nicole eventually say? Nicole eventually said Mayor Cleaver. And uh, Mr. James? Uh, (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) That was me. Isn't that a sound you wish you could have made when you were uh, mayor? (laughs) Uh, What makes you think I didn't? Okay. Finally wanted to know who was that person raised in Blue Springs, Missouri, who flipped the switch in 2008 after winning American Idol. Helen, what did Nicole say? Nicole eventually said Fantasia. And uh, is that you, Fantasia? Ah, it's so close. No. Yeah. Sorry. Different hairstyle. Yes, it was David Cook. Very close. Well, Nicole, while we have our two experts here, is there anything else you'd like to ask or say to them? Every time I go back to Kansas City, I'm so amazed at everything that's happening down there. And I love, like, the Power and Light District is obviously crazy, but it's an amazing, you know, place. And then the streetcars. Are we going to have more streetcars? Do you know, Sly or uh, David? Do you guys know? Yeah. I want more streetcars, so more public transportation. What do you think? We're building the streetcar out on the next leg. It'll leave from Union Station and go down to the whole paychecks. I mean, whole food store <laughs> at UMKC. Uh, that will be the next spur. And then we'll be working on some lines going east and west. They're incredibly complicated. They take a long time and they're kind of expensive. So it does take a while to build them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're free. 
Yeah. And that's a good thing. They're yeah. free. And like they would go from my mom's apartment. She would take my nephews down to Union Station all the time. It's amazing. Um, David, do you yeah. have a favorite venue to play in Kansas City? Uh, you know, I, I always I always sort of lean back on venues that I played like long ago. Yeah. So like there was a, uh, a venue called The Hurricane yes. down at Westport, Westport. Uh, that yeah. I, I used to love playing. And then there was uh, my first ever gig in Kansas City proper because like not the suburbs. Yeah, no, it's uh, was, a whole mess. Uh, we, we're barely figuring it out now. Was Davies Uptown? I'm not oh, even yeah. sure it's still there. Oh wow, those are good venues. Over by, oh, wow. uh, over yep. by one of the Arthur Bryant's uh, barbecue locations. Oh, I hear, I hear the burnt ends are fantastic. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> we need to put an end to this segment. We thank you so much for joining us, uh, David. If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, where can they do that? DavidCookOfficial.com or FantasiaOfficial.com. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch reality TV. And Mayor James? On Twitter, I'm at Mayor Sly James, and uh, our website is WickhamJames.com. Excellent. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. You're wonderful representatives of a wonderful town. David Cook and Mayor Sly James, everybody. Thank you. Have a great Bye day. Now. Thank you so Have much. Howard, what is your score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Nicole Thurman has seven points and Jenk Uger has one point with a round of questions for Jenk coming up. That's right. We're going to talk with Jenk about a topic he knows about. Plus, later, Nicole and Jenk will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round, all to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. The following pro wrestling contest is scheduled for one fall. Making their way to the ring from the Tights and Fights podcast are the baddest trio of audio, the hair to beware, Danielle Radford. It really is great hair. The Brit with a permit to hit, Lindsay Kell. The queen is dead. Long live the queen. And the fast-talking, fist-clocking Hal Uplin. See, I can wrestle and be an announcer. Get ready for Tights and Listen every Saturday or face the pain. Find us on Maximum Fun. No ring the bell. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests, Nicole Thurman and Jenk Uger. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. All right, Jank, of your many interests, you said you know a lot about 1980s WWF, fantasy football, and happiness. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, tell us what 1980s WWF means to you. I love this so much. And uh, it was drama. It was exciting. It was violence. Mm -hmm. uh, And I was a little aggressive kid and I had the snooker flying off the top rope. Robbie <laughs> Piper was busting a coconut over his head. I just I couldn't get enough of it. And the Iron Sheik comes in and I'm like, those are my people. And he mm. became champion. Kind of my people. I'm yeah. Turkish. Yeah. 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 Right. Did you know at, the, at that young age that it was a little fake? No. <laughs> oh my God. Helen, we're breaking Don't news. Don't break my heart. Helen. That's not what I came on here for. No, but I would mess with my grandma. I'd be like, my, Grandma, he is bleeding. He is bleeding. She's like, oh, this is outrageous. I didn't know this is what America was about. And then she would continue to watch more. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Love soap operas. Uh, you also said you know a lot about fantasy football. I do. We actually have one of the oldest leagues in the. We were even featured in a book about fantasy football. That's whole, how old our league is. I used to, we used to do the numbers by hand. We'd get the newspaper in the next morning. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it for nearly 30 years. I love it. And it's like my one remaining hobby. I work. 24-7. Mm-hmm. The only thing I could do is like watch half an hour TV. Yeah. But 
when it's fantasy football season, clear the decks. <laughs> and then finally, tell us what happiness means to you as a topic. I kind of studied happiness on my own, okay? Mm-hmm. And the reason I did that is because it's logical. What else are we going to do with our lives but be happy? Sure. Uh, what did that studying look like? Because to some people, it's just a little, you know, that's, yeah. that's well, happiness. That's a, that's a lot of what it looked like. Yeah. Um, so, for example, judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's don't let anybody judge you irrationally. If they're right, great, accept mm-hmm. it. Why do you want to be wrong? You don't want to be wrong. Accept it, change, mm-hmm. get better, right? But if they're giving you an irrational judgment, tell them to piss off, okay? And you know what will happen? Mm-hmm. It'll drive them crazy, yeah. right? <laughs> I do not accept your view of me. Ah! Right? That way you're happy, they're miserable, perfect. All right, so to summarize, Jenk, you said you know a lot about 1980s WWF, fantasy football, and happiness. Today we're going to quiz you about 1980s WWF. Yes! Uh, you mentioned that you watched it a lot as a kid. Have you revisited it as an adult? Not really. No, okay. other than in my head. Okay. And uh, who are some of your favorite wrestlers from that era? Don The Rock Morocco, mm-hmm. SD Special Delivery Jones, Jimmy Snuka. So there's a lot more. There's a lot more, uh, sure. The Rock's dad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you ever get to attend any matches? Yeah. I can't remember if I went to the first WrestleMania or mm-hmm. the second WrestleMania. But I went to one of the first ever. That's very exciting. Wow. Were oh. you enraged when it switched from WWF to WWE? I kind of was, actually. Uh, it really annoyed were. me. Yeah. yeah, because I'm like, look, guys, we all know it's fake. But when you admit it's fake, it kind of takes the fun when out of it. When you say it's entertainment as opposed to Yeah, uh, I don't yeah, want to be entertained. I want to yeah. think it's a fight. I do want to point out that uh, you clarified to me when you said you were doing 1980s WWF, you said wrestling, not pandas. So I'm glad that you uh, made that distinction. All right. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in your topic with our question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about your topic, each worth one point. You, of course, also have a hint available for any two of these five questions. Now, Nicole, do listen closely because if Jenk answers incorrectly, you can steal. By the way, Nicole, how much do you know about 1980s WWF? Listen, brother, I don't think that's a reference from the 80s, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, um, I know nothing, but I'm excited to hear about it. Excellent. We love that attitude. All right, here's question number one. Captain Lou Albano, the Iron Sheik, Classy Freddie Blassie, Nikolai Volkov, the Fabulous Moolah, Wendy Richter, and Andre the Giant are just some of the WWF wrestlers who appeared in a Cindy Lauper music video along with Corey Feldman and recent Oscar winner Ki Hui Kwan for a song from what 1985 movie? Uh, I remember the movie. I mm-hmm. remember watching it. I remember being excited that Captain Lou Albano was in it. Like right? he was like a major star in the video in, right. the, in the Cindy Lauper video. Yeah. Uh, was it Goonies? Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Now he's taking his jacket hey. off. He's getting comfortable. <laughs> They're ready to fight. Uh, fun fact, the song is called The Goonies Are Good Enough. Also in the video is Jeff Cohen, who played Chunk and was our Goonies expert on episode three of Go Fact Yourself with guest Pamela Ribbon. Pamela Ribbon was recently nominated for an Oscar and in the audience when Ki Hui Kwan thanked Jeff Cohen in his Oscar acceptance speech. It's, time is a flat circle. Time is a flat circle. Yeah. And I think they went to Applebee's after, which is strange. Uh, Another not, fun fact, yeah, uh, growing you not, up, my nickname yeah. was Chunky Hunky. Oh! I love that. That's very cool. Did you cool. give that to yourself or was it given to you? <laughs> it was my wrestling nickname. Okay. No, my gym teacher gave me. Here's question number two. We happen to talk about WrestleMania. In WrestleMania 3, adorable Adrian Adonis and Rowdy Roddy Piper faced off in the ring. In addition to the agony of defeat, what other humiliation did the loser have to endure as suggested by the title of the match, Hair versus Hair? A haircut. Yeah, and uh, I would have gotten that without the hint. Well, we didn't give you one. Helen, is that right? That is correct. That is correct. Yes, had to shave their head specifically. Yeah. 
Fun fact, over a decade earlier, Adrian Adonis and Roddy Piper were champion tag team partners. The so-called hair matches go back to the early days of professional wrestling, including a famous 1962 match where Gorgeous George had to shave his gorgeous locks. Speaking of locks, locks placed on the Sister Cities Bridge will be removed. (laughs) Please place locks on the old Red Bridge in Minor Park. It all connects, man. Here is question number three. Some called him the most intelligent manager in professional wrestling. His detractors called him Weasel. He was the legendary Bobby the Brain Heenan, and he managed a lot of wrestlers. But which one of the following WWF wrestlers was not managed by Bobby the Brain in the 1980s? Was it King Kong Bundy, Playboy Buddy Rose, Ravishing Rick Rude, Superstar Billy Graham, or The Brain Busters? I'm thinking of which guys were in a different league Mm -hmm. and hence wouldn't have been in the WWF. Uh, It's he's the He's the brain, so you would think the brain busters would be his guys. Or maybe that's what we want you to think. Exactly. <laughs> no, I don't remember the brain busters, so that's my answer. Helen? That is not correct. No, I'm terribly oh. sorry. Nicole with a chance to steal. I um, let's see here. I did not understand any of those words. What, uh, wait, can you name the people? Can I guess? Yes. It okay. is, the remaining ones are King Kong Bundy, Playboy Buddy Rose, Ravishing Rick Rude, or Superstar Billy Graham. I was going to guess Superstar Billy Graham, and I have no idea why, but that's my guess. Helen? <laughs> that is correct. A successful steal from Nicole Thurman. Wow. He just, he just sounded so famous. Himself. He's a superstar. <laughs> you just, you just, like there was this, this, something was floating in the ether, and it's it just yeah. Izzy actually told me she was she's sitting Izzy, on my lap, and she was like, Argh. and I was like, okay. <laughs> Fun fact, others managed by Bobby Heenan included The Missing Link, Big John Studd, and Mr. Perfect. Superstar Billy Graham was once managed by The Grand Wizard, whose name may seem like an advertisement for the KKK, but The Grand Wizard's real name was Ernie Roth, who was Jewish and gay, and went by The Grand Wizard to stick it to the Klan. (laughs) So many stories, so many stories. All right, here's question number four. Let's see if you can bounce back on this one, Jank. You do still have your two hints available. Outlaw Ron Bass brought several cowboy accessories to the ring for his matches. One accessory he named Miss Betsy, another a pair of items he called Bart and Brett. What was Miss Betsy or Bart and Brett? Definitely taking a hint on this one. Helen, how about that first hint? For Bart and Brett, giddy up, horsey, yeah! For Miss Betsy, you can take either one of those. So the question is, what are they? Yes, so you can either say what, what, the, what was Miss Betsy or what, what was, yes. What is that, whip? Helen? That is correct. That is correct, yes, it's a whip. Excellent, excellent hint from uh, Helen Hong. Yes, it was a whip. Barton Brett were spurs, spurs that uh, he would use on his opponents. Uh, fun fact, Bass took the name Miss Betsy from Davy Crockett's famous rifle, Old Betsy. Barton Brett probably are from the Maverick Brothers on the TV Western Maverick. All right, here's question number five. Wrestling legend The Natural Butch Reed wasn't in the WWF very long, about a year and a half, but he made an impact due to his impressive physique and being a black wrestler with dyed blonde hair. What was Butch Reed's hometown? Oh, my God. Hint, for sure. (laughs) Helen, how about that second hint? I wonder if he ever flipped that switch at the Country Club Plaza. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Kansas City. Helen? (laughs) That is correct. That is correct. Kansas City. Very nice job. Uh, fun fact, the natural Butch Reed was also known as Hacksaw Butch Reed, a name he had before the famous Hacksaw Jim Duggan, which might explain their longtime rivalry. All right, Jenky did quite well in that, but now here is your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. 
Thank you. We'll be bringing on an expert to discuss your response. While Hulk Hogan loved to show off his biceps as his 24-inch pythons, the legendary Jake the Snake Roberts liked to show off his actual python, a reptile he would drape across a fallen opponent's chest after defeating them with his lethal finishing maneuver. For up to three points, what was the name Jake gave for that famous finishing maneuver? What was the name of the pet python that Jake brought ringside for his matches in the 1980s? And who is Jake's real-life half-sister who held the WWF Ladies' Championship in the 1980s. Jank is looking pained. <laughs> uh, the snake's name. Jesus, what was the snake's name? What was the name of the... the, was the wasn't the stunner the move? Well, I'll say stunner. Even the stunner? They, All right. Okay. And the snake, cannot remember it for the life of me. How about just a name that you think might might be a good name for a snake? Uh, Jake. Jake. <laughs> even though that's his name. Okay. <laughs> and what was the third one? The third one is uh, who was his real-life half-sister who held the WWF Ladies Championship in the 1980s? I did not watch a lot of ladies wrestling, so I'm going to blind guess China. China. All right. Well, Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight via Zoom is one of the all-time icons of professional wrestling, a member of the WWE Hall of Fame. It's Jake the Snake Roberts. I knew it. I knew it. That's awesome. Jake is raising his hands triumphantly. We're waiting for uh, Jake to connect to Zoom. Hello, Jake the Snake. How are you doing? I love it. Jake, I'm so sorry I forgot everything, but you were awesome. You should be. You should be sorry. Wow. Jenk was mentioning uh, so much about how dangerous it seemed that so many of these people who were wrestling at the time had this long hair. You also were known for your long hair then. Did that ever present any issues for you in the ring? Only when I wrestled uh, Andre the Giant. Yeah? He would knock me down. I'd be flat on my back. He would stand on my hair, reach down, grab my arms, and pull. (gasps) Oh, no. He called it a giant haircut. (laughs) Yikes. Ouch. Uh, I hated that. Oh, gosh. You've said about your wrestling career that you've always loved professional wrestling, even before uh, you were involved with it. What, what do you love about it most? What comes to mind when you think about your love of wrestling? When you're out there, it's you, you, you're in total control of people's emotions. Mm. You can make them happy. You can make them sad. You can make them love you. You can make mm. them hate you. It's the greatest feeling in the world. Mm. You got thousands of people in the palm of your hand, and you're able to to motivate them to do things. Well, I think what was so interesting about uh, your performance style is that you would motivate and intimidate in a very soft-spoken manner, which was a contrast to a lot of people who were more more yelling. Where, where did that idea right. come from of uh, speaking of, of sort of this quiet intimidation? It was more of a necessity. Uh, oh, yeah? I was wrestling early in my career in 1977 or 78, and the guy dropped a knee on my throat and he crushed <gasps> my voice box. Oh, my gosh. no. So this is as loud as it gets. Wow. I can't yell. If, I'd be in trouble if I had to scream for my life. Oh, my gosh. You're so interesting. You were able to adapt that to, to your advantage. I had to. It's yeah. made me a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you were known for that snake. Uh, and you actually said mm-hmm. that you don't like snakes and you never did I like snakes. I am terrified of snakes. What? I've always been terrified of snakes. But it's a funny thing. When the bell rang, yeah. I became Jake the Snake. Mm. 
and he took over and he wasn't afraid of nothing. Wow. What, um, how, who came up with the snake idea? I did. That's what happens when you drink and smoke a lot of pot. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm going to take this thing that I'm terrified of and I'm just going to make it part of my everyday work day. Yeah, it makes no sense at all. That's why they call it dope. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, you've been very open about your struggles with recovery. There was an incredible documentary I just watched last night called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. And I have to say, yeah. when I sat down to watch a documentary about a pro wrestler, I didn't expect that I would get chills and, and come to tears with it. it. It's really very moving. Why, why were you well, willing you. to share that that side of your life with the with the world? I just don't want anybody to go through what I went through. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I was open about being sexually abused. Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody out there to suffer through the shame and the guilt and the pain that you go through with addiction. Mm -hmm. It's not fun. Yeah. And uh, how are you doing today, if you don't mind my asking? Because uh, in the documentary, it was touch and go for a while. And happier than I've ever been. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. And you, you look amazing. I mean, the, the transformation in that uh, documentary. I feel great. I'm about to wed my uh, ex-wife. <laughs> wow. Been, we've been divorced for 24 years. Wow. But uh, sobriety is putting us back together. And uh, I couldn't be more happier. What an incredible story. You were inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame in 2014. Uh, can you put into mm -hmm. words what that meant to you? Because it, it seemed to mean an awful lot. It did. It was a confirmation that all those years that I was out there and that I was away from my family on the road alone really meant something. Mm. And it meant something to a lot of people. If you can put a smile on somebody's faces for something, that you've done 30 or 40 years ago, brother, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm, well, Jake, I got one of those stories. When I watched with my grandma, my favorite was you because she was going to get shocked by the snake. She didn't know the snake <laughs> yeah. was coming. And I'd say, Grandma, watch this, watch this. And you bring out the snake. And she'd be like, no, no, this is too much. This is out. too much. <laughs> See, that right there is the reason that, that regardless of me doing such a foul and horrible thing, people love me. <laughs> uh, what's your relationship with uh, professional wrestling these days? Oh, it's great. I'm still working for AEW. It's mm -hmm. another wrestling company, a rival of the WWE. Mm -hmm. I help teaching guys how to do promos correctly. <laughs> I love doing it. I love teaching. And uh, I still go to the ring occasionally just to uh, deliver some misery to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a podcast now where you uh, talk about wrestling called The Snake yeah. Pit Pod. And uh, I understand you're working on a book. What can you tell us about it? Well, it's my life story from uh, the beginning to I'm about 45. That's incredible. Uh, you also are going on tour called The Last Call Tour. Uh, what will people right. see and hear when the, they go and see you on your tour? They'll hear some of the horrible things that we did to each other, which would just blow your mind. Yeah. Uh, the antics of, you know, you put 20 guys in a locker room. <laughs> some shit is going to happen. <laughs> that sounds about right. Somebody's pants are going to catch on fire. Something's <laughs> going to happen. You know, they'll wake up, you know, they'll wake up the next day and wonder where their luggage is. And, you know, I don't know. I didn't see your luggage, man. Okay. You know? <laughs> okay. Or they'll wake up in a different city. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of different cities, do you have any thoughts on the Kansas City metro area? <laughs> Kansas City's a lovely place. Okay, right? good. We all agree on that today. Yeah. Uh, and what is the title of the book, by the way, so people can look for that? The Book of Jake. The Book of oh. Jake. Fantastic. Oh. 
Well, let's get to the reason we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the questions that we asked mm. of Jenk about yeah. someone named Jake the Snake Roberts. First, we wanted to know, uh, what was the name that Jake gave that famous finishing maneuver of his? Helen, what did Jenk say? Jenk said the stunner. And uh, Mr. Snake? Not even close. No, I'm yeah, sorry, I know, Jake. I know. What was that famous move called? The DDT. Oh, I think that was somewhere in your head. Yeah, that yeah. There's no way I was going to get it. I, my brain is fried from the same dope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I understand that uh, that move, as famous as it was, was something that you developed. You put a lot of work into it, and yet it sort of came about by accident at first. Yeah, absolutely. It was an accident. It happened in the ring, and uh, I heard the people's reaction, and I thought, "Wow, I might have something here." <laughs> what, and, is, uh, what does DDT stand for? It was a poison the government outlawed. It yeah. was getting into our uh, getting into our food chain and killing people and messing with their brains and all that stuff. And that's what you wanted to do to your opponents in the ring. That was the storyline exactly. there. Yeah. Scramble their brains. <laughs> all right, no point there for Jenk. Next, we wanted to know what was the name of Jake's snake. Helen, what did Jenk say? Jenk said Jake. And Jake? <laughs> Damien. Damien, I'm sorry, yeah. no. A reasonable guess. Perhaps. No. Uh, but no, Damien, it was the snake. Is Damien like after the omen? Yes. Yes. Uh, An omen, first movie I ever watched. Oh, my I God. I should have gotten that. Time is a flat circle. Flat circle, flat circle. Awesome. All right, sorry, no point there. And finally, we wanted to know, what was the name of Jake's real-life half-sister who held the WWF Ladies Championship in the 1980s? Helen, what did Jenk say? Jenk said China. And uh, Mr. Roberts? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the same race. <laughs> no, no. Who was that? Who was that, Jake? Rockin' Robin. Rockin' Robin was uh, the winner there. Okay. And Jenk, what's it like to have someone that you admire so much laugh at your ignorance? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you what happened. The minute you started asking questions about Jake this thing, I, I thought, oh my God, is he going to be on? Uh, I yeah. was like so excited <laughs> that, I, that I had brain freeze there. That actually is um, a very nice compliment. Well, while we have uh, Jake yeah, the Snake here, is there anything you'd like to ask or say to him? Yeah, no, brother. Uh, I grew up watching you, man, and uh, and that kind of like you you talk about, you know, how it was meant to evoke emotions in men, and that's exactly right. I used to call it like soap opera for guys, right? Yeah, man. And uh, and so I got into it, man. I got into it. So I don't know, you know, it's in a sense an act, as you said, right? But you're a hell of an actor, brother. I call it the theater of the absurd. Mm. Yeah. And it works. It well, worked. you go out there and you beat the snot out of each other, and the people like it. Yeah, <laughs> and I am one of those people. So thank you, brother. Thank you. Well, I'm just so struck. You know, it was such a, a, a display of what we would think of as masculinity back then, and then the, the way now that you're able uh, to be so vulnerable and to talk so openly yeah. about the struggles that you face. It, it's a whole yeah. other dimension of masculinity. If you don't mind my saying that, I, I just admire so much, and, and I'm so uh, happy that you were able to spend some time with us today. Well, I found out by doing that it's helped thousands of people and uh that's what i wanted i sponsor several guys right now that are trying to get sober and clean and uh it's it's a wonderful thing man if you want to get high on life all you got to do you don't have to do a drug just help somebody Mm -hmm. yep if you just help somebody man that that right there will make you feel tremendously better well you've made us feel tremendously better by joining us if people want to find out more about you and what you're up to where can they do that oh man just go on twitter you know all this stuff (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm thinking of renaming myself jank the snake on twitter jank the snake (laughs) there's a few of them (laughs) awesome well thank you again so much it was an absolute honor and privilege have a wonderful rest of your day jake the snake roberts everybody thank you hall of famer
Thank you, Jake. All right, Helen, what is our score as we head into the final round? At the end of that round, Nicole Thurman has eight points and Jenk Uger has five points. All right, now it is time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read ten statements and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Nicole and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Nicole, there's a restaurant chain named Chili's. True. Correct. Jenk, Chili's has over 20 locations. True. Correct. Yes, over a thousand, in fact. Nicole, there's a Chili's in every U.S. state. True. Incorrect. Mm, Sorry, no. Jenk, there is no Chili's in Hawaii. False. Correct. Yeah, there is. Nicole, there is no Chili's in Alaska. True. Incorrect. No, there really is. Jenk, there is no Chili's in Oregon. False. Incorrect. No, those Portland people do not want a Chili's. (laughs) Nicole, there are Chili's in other countries. True. Correct. Jenk, there's a Chili's in Sri Lanka. Gotta be false. Incorrect. No, there really is. Nicole, there is a Chili's in Chile. Uh, False. Incorrect. Nope, there really is. (laughs) Jenk, the Chili's in Chile serves chili. False. Incorrect. No, of course they do. (laughs) Nicole, the chilies in Chile serves their chili chilled. False. Correct. And Jake, I was just being silly about the Chile chilies chili chili. (laughs) Wait, did I get it right? (laughs) True or false? (laughs) Oh, um, uh, true. Sure. Yes. (laughs) Let's thank Jake Huger and Nicole Thurman as Helen tabulates the final score. We're not going to count those last couple. All right, Helen, are you ready to announce a winner on today's show? I am. At the end of the game, Nicole Thurman has 10 points and Jake Huger has 7 points. Congratulations, Nicole Thurman. You are the factory champion on Go Fact Yourself. What will you and Izzy do with your championship? We're going to go to Disneyland. Wow. How fun. We're going to take a nap. Yeah, I think the nap may be first before Disneyland. Uh, All right, we're going to wrap things up by giving everyone here a a chance to mention or promote anything they might like. Nicole Thurman, where can people find what you're up to? Um, Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nicole Thurman. It's Nicole with two C's. Um, I'm on Jellystone. I'm also on a show called Tuning Out the News on Wednesdays after the Daily Show. Uh, Thank you. Um, Yeah, so that's that's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's how she does it. Nicole Thurman, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Where can people see you and what you're up to? So you can type in TYT on almost any platform and you'll get us. But you can go to our website, go to tyt.com slash live to watch all of our shows. And we've got a seven-hour block of shows starting at 1 o'clock Eastern and going all the way through 8 o'clock. So check that out. But while you're on there, you could also get my book there, Justice is Finally Coming. It's called Justice is Coming and you can get it. You can pre-order it at tyt.com slash justice. Excellent. Just to be clear, that is not a scam. People will actually receive a book. They will actually get a book. Conspiracy theory debunked. Jake Huger, thanks so much for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, my hosting partner is Helen Hong. What do you got going on, Helen? Hey, you can follow me on the socials at funny Helen Hong, because we all know that other Helen Hong. She's she's not not funny. funny, Not funny. And watch my comedy special on various uh, platforms, Well Hong, because I have the sense of humor of a sixth grader. (laughs) Helen Hong, everybody. Uh, and me, you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith, on Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leaves me to thank Nicole Thurman, Jenk Yuger, Mayor Sly James, David Cook, Jake the Snake Roberts, and thank you for listening and supporting our show at MaximumFun.org. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night! Yay!
live. Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's happening again. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. Meanwhile, please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod, update our wiki at GoFactorWiki.Fandom.com, and buy our T-shaped shirt and mug-shaped mug at MaxFunStore.com. And give us a great review on your favorite podcast platform, like EML0W did on Apple Podcasts. He, she, or they said, this is a very enjoyable show with some amazing guests. Thanks, EM-L0W. It's also got some amazing listeners and an amazing Helen. Helen? Woohoo! Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised and produced by Jim Newman and J. Keith Venstratton and comes to you via transcription from the Carl Sagan and Andrian Theater at the Center for Inquiry West in Los Angeles. Questions were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex, which for this episode included Adam Needif. We are produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Maximum Fun senior producer is Laura Swisher. Associate producer and editor is Julian Burrell. Our show engineer, a.k.a. the sound master, is Dave McKeever. Our theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Research assistance provided by Adam Needif. Quiz assistance provided by Brian Phillips and Clint Tauscher. Promotional graphics by Erich Tran. Live show photography by Christine Velada. Live show support from T. Velada Viers and Andrew Hoffman. Special thanks to Rachel Rothman and Paolo Andres at Rothman Andres Entertainment. Brandy Smith, Leah Shover, Kim Link, Joni Wickham, Christian Malmeen. And an extra special thanks to Colt Cabana. I've been Helen Hong! Let's go to Kansas City metro area! And get a snake to wrestle with! Sure. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.